to Luke 418 Radio. You're listening to The Dove. I am your host, Kenneth Ramsby. I would like to welcome each and every one of you. I hope your life is enhanced by the word of God we share here on The Dove. Come with me as we receive inspiration to our hearts for life. Hello, Dove Show listeners. Today's show, we're going to talk about Revelation 22.15. Most people, when they are dying, think that God will let them into heaven. Just because they think it, and just because they think God should, is the reason why they think they should get in. Many make up their minds based on their own assumptions of how and why they should enter into heaven. But that's not how it works. To get into heaven, you have to enter God's way, not the way you think is right. The fact is, God loves us and wants everyone to enter into heaven. But sin separates us from God. Now, because sin separates us from God, that's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross and pay for our sins. We see that Jesus says that blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city in Revelation twenty-two fourteen. To be washed is to do the will of God the Father and believe that Jesus is the only way. I'll say this again. Jesus is the only way. So, those who reject Christ as the only Savior and die in their sins, they will not go to heaven, no matter what they may think. Revelation chapter 22, 15 is where Jesus tells us who will not enter into the kingdom of heaven as well and calls those who will not enter dogs. The Bible says this, outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexual immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehoods. So let's take a look at what Jesus is saying about each of these areas a little bit in debt that will hold back many from entering into the kingdom of heaven. First, let us take a look at magic arts that will keep many from entering heaven. You know, people practice magic and think that it's okay to practice magic, go to church, and then they still going to enter heaven. The practice of magic arts, according to the Holy Bible, encompasses a variety of practices that are considered forbidden and dangerous. Divination. This term refers to seeking knowledge or guidance through supernatural means. It includes the practices such as astrology, necromancy, and soothsaying. Leviticus 19.31 says, do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritualists, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Witchcraft. The Bible consistently condemns witchcraft, which involves using magical or supernatural powers for various purposes. It encompasses 
practices like enchantments and dealing with evil spirits. Sorcery. Sorcery involves manipulating spiritual forces to achieve desired outcomes. It is considered sinful and dangerous. In the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, it gives a concise commandment that states in Exodus twenty-two eighteen: this. Do not allow a sorceress to live. This verse is straightforward prohibition against the practice of sorcery and implies severe consequences for those who engage in such activities. It reflects the ancient Israelite stance against witchcraft and sorcery, considering them serious offenses punishable by death. Enchanters. Enchanters use spells, charms, incantations to influence events or people. In the book of Acts, we see an example of repentance. Individuals who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and publicly burned them. This act symbolizes turning away from forbidden practices and embracing God's truth. Acts 19.19 reads, A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly when they calculated the value of the scrolls, a total came to 50,000 drachmas. 50,000 drachmas in today's value, my friends, is over $400,000, I am told. In the book of Deuteronomy, God explicitly warns against practicing in magic, divination, and any form of witchcraft. These practices are not only considered evil, but can also have lasting effects on individuals, especially those who seek supernatural guidance outside of God's will. Many have had to seek deliverance from evil spirits because of the attachment of possessions that happen when asking these evil spirits to help them perform magic. It is not by the might or power of God that makes magic work, but of Satan. God uses his own power to affect all things, as he has all power. It is amazing the power that God has, as his word is never void of power. So when he speaks, everything in creation obeys him. Nothing is too hard for God. Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12 tells us that those who sacrifice their son or daughter in the fire or who practice divination or sorceries or interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or cast spells or who is a medium or spiritualist or who consults the dead are detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive them out of their natures before you. In the New Testament, in the book of Galatians 5, 19 through 21, we are warned that witchcraft is an act of the flesh and those who use it will not enter into heaven. Remember, that as believers, we are called to seek guidance from God rather than relying on supernatural forces that oppose his divine plan. So those who use magic, regardless of what type it is, as there are many, and I will list, will not get into heaven as it is a sin.
Let's take a look at some of the different magics that will keep you out of heaven. White magic. White magic is supposedly selfless and benevolent. White magic aims to bring positive outcomes. Practicers use it for healing, protection, and spiritual growth. Natural magic. Based on earth and pagan, natural magic connects with the natural world. It involves herbalism, divination, and working with natural energies. Many that call themselves Wiccans use this type of magic. Black magic, which is malevolent and harmful. Black magic is associated with negative intentions. It involves curses, hexes, and manipulation. Sex magic, which combines sexual energy with intention for magical purposes. We even see that they have candle magic. And you see these on TV all the time and movies that show that these people are practicing magic. And they always got candles lined up all over the place. Because candle magic involves the use of candles for focus, intention, and spells. You have earth magic using natural elements. You have elemental magic, air, water, fire, and earth are harnessed in elemental magic. Each element represents various aspects of life. Witchcraft and magic, which is seen on many Disney movies like Snow White, Cinderella, Frozen, Moana, Aladdin, Beauty and the Breeze, and The Little Mermaid, and many, many more. I tell you, Disney is all about magic. Keep your kids away from it. Then we have sympathetic magic or imitation magic, which is a type of magic. And the last one I will mention, no doubt. This magic believes that like effects like and involve voodoo dolls and sympathetic spells. So no matter what type of magic used, it is forbidden by God. You have to reject those former practices of magic that you were in. The commandments that go against using magic is one. You shall have no other gods as magic is the use of small G gods being put first in your life to gain something. And you shall not make idols as well. Idolization comes not only from making idols to use in magic, but many make themselves idols because of the power the demons let them use when they use in magic. They get their big head. Mm-hmm. Those that are sexually immoral, according to the Bible, it includes the interpersonal activity involving sex organs that does not conform to God's revealed laws governing sexuality. Those that have a practical and spiritual master of sexual immorality and are slaves to their passions and succumb to the temptation of sexual immorality. Practices of sexual immorality are homosexuality, lusting, premarital sex, and even watches of pornography as this act of sexual immorality or the act of essentially the selling off 
of sexual purity and involves sexual expression beyond the boundaries of a biblically defined marriage relationship. Even the act of looking at a person with lustful intent is sexually immoral as well. The Bible reads this, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So says Matthew 5:28, and that's Jesus talking right there. And in Ephesians, Paul writes, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Ephesians 5, 3 says, as followers of Christ, we are told to flee from sexual immorality. Paul goes on to say, as he wrestles with this and he writes, all things are lawful for me but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is meant not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us by his power. Paul is wise in telling us to flee from sexual immorality. These types of things are considered sexually immoral and will prevent interest into the kingdom of heaven. Adultery. Sexual relations between a married person and someone other than their spouse. This is explicitly condemned in the Ten Commandments and reiterated throughout the scripture in Matthew 5 and Hebrews 13. Fornication. Fornication is the sexual activity between individuals who are not married to each other. This includes premarital sex and extramarital affairs. The Bible consistently teaches that sex should be reserved for the marriage relationship. Homosexual behavior. The Bible teaches that homosexual acts are contrary to God's design for sexuality. Homosexual acts include and refer to sexual activities or behaviors between individuals of the same sex, no matter what they call themselves. It's the same sex that God made them, regardless of what names or gender they may think they are, they are that they call themselves or not. God looks at a person as who he made them. Homosexual acts that will keep you out of heaven can include a wide range of activities, such as two men kissing or two women kissing and hugging, sexual intercourse, oral sex, mutual masturbation, and various other forms of sexual contact or expression. I'm just saying it like it is. Incest is another one. As incest can be defined in first two, 
sexual relations, or marriage between closely related individuals, typically within the same family. This can include biological relatives such as siblings, parents, and children, or more distant relationships such as cousins. Sexual relations between close relatives, which is explicitly prohibited in scripture, can include all parents and children in a marriage, regardless of the blood relations, i.e. step-parents, step-sisters, step-brothers. <laughs> yeah, this is according to Leviticus 18, 6-18. Prostitution is another one. Prostitution is the exchange of sexual services for money or other forms of payment. Now, typically, it involves one person known as a prostitute or sex worker offering sexual services to another person in exchange for compensation. This compensation can take various forms, including money, goods, or services. So, listen to this. Those who go out on a date and say, you have to take me out to an expensive restaurant before I will have, a, <clears throat> I'm going to put it like this, sexual relations with you. Yeah, you got to take me out to an expensive place. You can't be taking me to no McDonald's or Wendy's. <clears throat> they... That say this are prostituting themselves. Prostitution can occur in various settings, such as on the street and brothels, massage parlors, through escort services, or on an online app. Mm -hmm. The Bible speaks against the practice of prostitution and visiting prostitutes in 1 Corinthians 6 and Proverbs 23. Rape and sexual assault, that'll keep you out too. Any form of non-consensual sexual activity is considered a violation of God's law and is harmful to individuals. These are just a few examples as the Bible contains various other mentions regarding sexual immorality. We who have committed any of these sinful acts must repent as well and be transformed by the Holy Spirit and never go down that world again. Confess your sins, repent your sins and never go down that road again and depend on God to lead you. Murderers. Oh, here we go. The murderers. In the Bible, we read about several acts of murder at the start with Cain and Abel in the book of Genesis. Here we see the first recorded murder in the Bible when Cain killed his brother Abel out of jealousy and anger. This act led to significant consequences for Cain, who was cursed by God and became a wanderer on earth. We also see murder in the book of Exodus with Moses, Moses killed an Egyptian taskmaster who was mistreating an Israelite slave. Though Moses' act was not premeditated murder, it still resulted in his fleeing from Egypt. Then we have David and Uriah in 2 Samuel 11. King David's affair with Bathsheba led him to orchestrate the death of her husband. 
Uriah was sent to the front lines of battle. The prophet Nathan condemned David's action as he faced severe consequences within his own family for sending Uriah to the front line of battle because he had a sexual relation with Uriah's wife Bathsheba and she got pregnant. Mm -hmm. You see, David's firstborn son with Bathsheba was struck with severe illness and died shortly after birth. This tragic event was a consequence of David's adultery with Bathsheba and his arrangement of the death of her husband Uriah. After their son's death, David mourned deeply, but eventually Bathsheba conceived again, and their second son, Solomon, which they got married at the time, became one of the most famous kings in Israel. Then we have a wicked one for sure in the story of Jezebel and Naboth. Jezebel was a queen of Israel who promoted the worship of the pagan god Baal and sought to destroy the prophets of God. The prophets of Yahweh faced persecution and were targeted for death under her reign. She orchestrated the false accusation and murder of Naboth, a man who owned a vineyard coveted by her husband, King Ahab. As punishment for this injustice and her other sins, Elijah prophesies her demise. Eventually, Jehu, a military commander anointed by Elisha, carries out the judgment against Jezebel. Jehu orders Jezebel's eunuchs to throw her out of a window and she is trampled to death by horses. Her body is later eaten by dogs, fulfilling Elijah's prophecy that she'll be eaten by the dogs of Jezreel outside the city gate. Oh boy, God's prophecy ain't no joke. We can also look at the crucifixion of Jesus as murder in Matthew 27, Mark 15, Luke 23, and John 19. Jesus, who was without sin, was crucified, though not directly portrayed as murder. Jesus' crucifixion is often seen as the ultimate act of injustice and violence. Idolaters. In the Bible, idolatry refers to the worship of idols or false gods instead of the one true God, Yahweh. Here are some of the examples of acts of idolatry mentioned in the Bible. Making and worshiping graven images. The Ten Commandments explicitly prohibit the making of graven images and worshiping them as gods. Worshipping idols made of gold, silver, or wood throughout the Old Testament, there are numerous instances of people worshipping idols made of various materials such as the golden calf made by the Israelites in Exodus 32. Many idolatrous practices in the Old Testament often involve offering sacrifices to idols as part of of religious rituals, as well as bowing down before statues or images representing false gods, which are condemned in the Bible. Idolatry 
also includes participating in pagan rituals. In the Old Testament, Israelites are warned against participating in religious rituals and practices of pagan nations, which also involve idolatry. Some pagan rituals of today's are holidays like Halloween, Easter, and even Christmas. Although many celebrate this holiday, Christmas, commemorating the birth of Jesus Christ, many of his customs and symbols have roots in pre-Christian and pagan winter festivals. For an example, the celebration of winter solstice was a significant event in many ancient cultures. These festivals typically involve feasting, gift-giving, decorating with evergreen plants, and lighting of candles and fires, all elements that became part of Christmas celebrations. Trusting in idols for protection or guidance. Idolatry can also involve putting one's trust in idols or false gods instead of trusting in the true God for protection, guidance, and salvation. So says Isaiah 42, 17. Now, in Catholicism, they use medals of those who have been made saints by the Catholics and pray to these saints as they wear medallions with pictures of them for sources Catholics often pray to a wide array of saints asking for their intercession and guidance. Some They pray to the dead. Some of the most popular saints that the Catholics frequently pray to for intercession instead of Jesus include St. Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary, as the mother of Jesus, Mary holds a special place in Catholic devotion. Prayers such as Hail Mary are commonly addressed to her. St. Joseph, as the early father of Jesus and the husband of Mary, St. Joseph is revered as a patron of fathers, workers, and universal church. St. Peter, considered the first pope and the leader of the apostles, St. Peter is often invoked for guidance and strength. St. Paul, a prominent early church leader and author of the New Testament letters, St. Paul is prayed to for courage and perseverance. St. Francis of Assisi, known for his devotion to poverty, humility, and care for creation. St. Francis is often sought after for his intercession in matters of peace and harmony. Then we have St. Anthony of Padua, St. Teresa of Lysias, the Little Flower, St. Jude Thaddeus, St. Rita of Cassia, and St. Padre Pio, a beloved 20th century saint, known for his piety, humility, and miraculous healing. They made some saints, and they prayed to these saints Asking a dead person to intercede for them to God for whatever they're praying for. They don't even make no sense when God said, Jesus said, you come to him for all your needs. I will provide all your needs. And then they're going through dead people. And God said, don't use necromancy. That is necromancy. It's pretty simple. Pretty defined, well defined to me. In the book of Exodus 24, 6, God tells us, you shall not 
Make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall now bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me by showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. This commandment emphasizes the prohibition against making images to worship as gods or to represent God as well as against bowing down and praying to such images and asking them to intercede for you to get to God. That don't even make sense to me. Also, all who love and practice falsehoods Besides Catholics, as they pray to depending on idols and saints for substances instead of Jesus based on a relationship with him. There are other religions like Mormons who depend on being covered at all levels of faith with wearing underwear as a sacrifice. In the Mormon faith, also known as the Church of Latter-day Saints, their plan for salvation is a comprehensive plan which outlines the purpose of life, the nature of God, the role of Christ, and the potential destiny of humankind. This plan includes pre-mortal life, mortal life, and post-mortal existence. Faith in Jesus. Mormons believe that baptism by immersion for the remission of sins for interest into the kingdom and typically get formed in this life. Although, listen to this now, although they also practice baptism for the dead by proxy where living individuals are baptized on behalf of a deceased ancestor who did not have the opportunity to receive the ordinance. That don't even make sense to me. Okay, they also have temple ordinances. Mormons believe in the importance of temple ordinance ceremonies such as baptism of the dead endowment and sealing eternal marriage. Three degrees of glory. Mormons believe in the concept of different degrees of glory in the afterlife. That ain't nothing in the Holy Bible. I don't know where they got that from. According to the Mormons teaching that they remain kingdoms or the glory. They had a celestial kingdom, terrestrial kingdom, and the telestial kingdom. These kingdoms are believed to be places of varying degrees of glory and a reserve for individuals on their faithfulness and obedience to God's commandment. The Mormons, a Latter-day Saint believe, holds that the book itself their Bible, not the Holy Bible, was written by ancient prophets who lived in America and recorded their experiences and teaching. Sound pretty cult-like to me. I'm just saying. Buddhists who pray to many gods, I would say uh, demons. Buddhism does not have a single Bible like Christianity Bible. Instead, it is a vast collection of teachings, scriptures, and texts that vary depending on the tradition, set, cultural text, and Buddhism. The main scriptural collection of Buddhism are known as Pali Tipitaka, which translates to three baskets. Buddhists, they say that they are enlightened beings and fully comprehended the four noble truths. That's who they pray to, the Buddhists. They have 109 individual gods listed in the Buddhist pantheon, which with each have their own significant in Rome. 
Muslims. According to the Islamic belief, those who die as martyrs are believed to attain a special place in the afterlife. They are granted rewards, including entry into paradise, that's Ghana, forgiveness of sins, and a high status in the sight of Allah. That sounds prideful to me. Central to Islamic belief is the concept of faith in the oneness of Allah and the prophet Muhammad. Righteous deed, you know, Muhammad was a man that was born on this earth and it ain't no God, but they believe that they are one. Yeah, right. Righteous deeds, they believe in the righteous deeds to get into wherever heaven they say they is. They believe in the acts of worship. Fasting, charity, going to Hajj, the pilgrimage where they walk around a cube. Additionally, more conduct, kindness, honesty, and compassion towards others, except if you don't believe they want you killed, and emphasize as a central deed in attaining heaven. Submission to the will of Allah is another requirement. So for us to get into heaven, for the true believers to get into the real heaven, because there's only two places, remember, you either got heaven or hell. You can, you know, other religions, they can make up whatever they want. You know, all these different celestial and trilestial and all these other planets and all this other stuff, right? All these other places, they say, they say these just because they say them. You know, you take, for instance, from the beginning was God and his word and he created everything, right? And then you take that. All the way to the birth of Christ. All of that has been transponded through human being. And you take it, Christ was born, Christ died, sacrifice was made. And then 400 years or so later, the Muslims come up with their own Bible. And then you talk about the the Latter-day Saints, right? The Mormons. Their Bible come from after you know, 1592, after Columbus came here and, and, and in the Americas, they made up their own Bible here in America. Remember, it ain't people making up their own mind. It's Satan. Satan always comes up and divides and making you think that you're doing something that, to, to, that, that is in accordance with God's word, but it ain't. He do that with a whole lot of things. And I'm going to tell you, it's a lot of people who get drugged to hell for praying to saints instead of, and not even believing on Jesus Christ, you know, still out there sinning, thinking they can do stuff and then go to a saint to be forgiven for it. Uh Uh-uh, it don't work like that. You know, for us to get into heaven, God's word, we must abstain from any of the things I mentioned as for beginning to do the following. Have faith in Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Ever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We have to have a baptism. Full immersed baptism is necessary for salvation. So says Jesus Christ. You have to be baptized in water and in spirit. Also, importantly, we must stop living as the world lives and stop sinning through transformation of the Holy Spirit as only the Holy Spirit can lead and guide us and transform us to be Christ-like. Romans 12 tells us, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. Remember, God will not be mocked. And so taking things upon yourself 
and doing what God says not to do because in your own mind you think it's okay even until the day of your death beware of religions that mock or against the Holy Bible or different or have added things into it the Bible's pretty simple Get the Holy Bible, read it, do what it say. Don't listen to all this outside stuff. You can't listen to everybody. Remember, you got to test the spirits. When somebody says something, they say, yeah, you can go to this tier, three different levels of heaven, and then if you don't make it, you go to hell. You got to look and see if it's in the Bible or not. You got to test the spirit when you hear it. As a believer in Jesus Christ, we must stick to the scripture as written in the original translated form and prioritize the Holy Spirit as our central source for spiritual guidance and authority with our access of knowing that God and Jesus in the Holy Bible is written and therefore inspired by God. And it holds the authority in matters of faith and practice. Jesus is God's son and the only way to salvation, I tell you. Keep focusing on the Bible by adhering to the teachings of the scripture and seeking to avoid doctrinal deviations and distortions that may arise from relying solely on human traditions or humans' interpretations of what the Bible says. We got to avoid idolatry, seek spiritual insight, Looking at sermons and books and teachings from religious leaders and prioritize the Bible to prevent idolizing human wisdom and authority above God's word. We got to test all teachings, I tell you. God gave us unhindered free will. And it is because of this that many will make the wrong choice and they're not going to enter into heaven. Don't take it the wrong way. You got to listen to God. And do what he says, because you got a choice, heaven or hell. That's it. Ain't no middle ground. You have got to be with Jesus or you not with Jesus. We can do it by calling God, asking him to come into our life, fill us with his Holy Spirit to lead and guide us today and stop sinning. You got to take the first step and stop sinning. I praise the Lord for those who who seek God today, I ask that you come and celebrate with us at Luke 418 Church by going into the Luke 418 Church website at www.luke418church.org and clicking on the online membership link at the top of the page and fill out your information and you will be contacted to become a member of Luke 418 Church. We thank you for listening to the Dove Show today on Luke 418 Radio, which is the leading cutting edge and Christian radio on the internet. Join me again, my friends, next week as we look at how to live right according to God's word and keep Christ as head of our lives. May the Lord bless you and keep you and your family. Until next time, this is your host, Kenneth Ramsby. May peace be with you. You've been listening to The Dove on Luke 418 Radio. Join us next week as we share God's word, download the Luke 418 radio app from your app store. Be sure to tune in daily to Luke418radio.com.
Be sure to share the podcast on your favorite social media channel.